This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. That big old overstuffed chair at the back of the studio is begging me because, well, I'm short on time and long on show. You get the drift? All right, so let's get right to our first presentation starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren McCall as a star in Bold Venture. Mystery, romance, starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. Together in the sultry setting of tropical Havana and the mysterious islands of the Caribbean. Oh, venture. Magic names of Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall bring you Bold Venture and a tale of mystery and intrigue. No people come to Shannon's place. Cash register is one big disgrace. The money that lies within the till could possibly change one dollar bill. Why the applause, sailor? Because I like Calypso songs, and because I like the way King Moses sings them. You know, you're a lucky man, Slate. You get your business troubles set to music. Yeah, it delights me. Saturday night and no customers. What's a man supposed to do on a Saturday night? You're a big boy now, but if you don't know, King Moses will tell you. Don't worry about it, Mr. Slate. It was the same no business last year when the rainy season came. Mr. Slate? Well... Well, what? Here comes a man who's liable to start a fad. He takes out a girl on Saturday night. Yeah, smile like you can hardly bear the fun you're having, sailor. Good evening, sir. Able for two in the corner, mister. Hold the menu till I whistle. Lady's not hungry. Are you, baby? No. Not thirsty either, are you, baby? No. See what I tell you, mister? Uh, don't bother, I'll find myself a place. Yeah, don't forget to whistle. Everything all right, baby? You happy? If I were dead, I'd be happy. Oh, baby, Dolores, baby. Oh, no, no. Uh, come on, sit down. That's my girl. Take your hand away from me. You don't tell Vic what to do, remember? Remember? Yes, I remember. Well, now, that's good. Real good. Fine. All right. You said you wanted to talk to me before you gave me the papers. Talk. If I give them to you... See, you're starting off all wrong. There's no if in it. 
Just give me the papers and just talk your head off. I'll listen and smile and nod anything you want to say. How do I know? If I give them to you, how do I know everything will be all right then? Oh, baby, baby. How do I know? You don't know anything at all. You're hurting my arm. Then whistle yet, mister. Those welts you're raising on the lady's arm hurt my eyes. Outside, busted. By yourself. Out. You want to play. You want to play, huh? Well, good. Play. Okay. Okay, I'll get up. Where'd the girl go? The girl I came in here with. Where'd she go? She couldn't wait. She left. You know something, mister? You just don't know what you did. Who wants me? It's back, Captain. Now, did you bring him? No. I gave you an order. Enough of those from you and for you. With a quarter of a million dollars shining down on us, you'll take more, won't you, Vic? Won't you? Yeah, Captain. All right. You can come in now. Not a ship's empty except for you. You like it here alone, Captain? Havana within kissing distance. You stay here alone? I gave the crew shore leave. They can kiss it for me. They can do other things with their mouths. Like talk. You talked, but you didn't come back with anything. Something got away. A spoonful of Havana girl, and you couldn't take away from her what was bought and paid for. Maybe you ought to talk to the ship's doctor, huh? I told you. A guy named Slate Shannon lost it. You'll tell me how, huh? I had my hands on him. Girl got girlish about it. Began to think of reasons why she shouldn't give them to me. I tried to persuade him I was going good, too. And this Slate Shannon wrapped your knuckles because he's a hero. I never knew you were a hero worshiper, Vic. The things I don't know about you. Like to try on yourself, Captain. I can give you the address with a recommend. You're slime, Vic. Isn't that what you are? Answer me! That's what I am. You let a quarter of a million dollars run through your fingers. That makes you slime. You already split once. I got a fortune in opium in the hole. In the barrio in Havana, we can get a quarter of a million dollars for it. You know how it is with all that money? I heard. I get hungry for nice things, expensive things, things I haven't had for a long time. I want those things, Vic. That's why we brought this tub all the way from Macau. Thanks. Wait, it's Shannon, stop it. We can't unload all that stuff because I haven't got a bill of lading. Because you didn't get it for me. Just a bill of lading that says I'm carrying canned apple juice. That's too much to ask, Vic. Forget it. Sure you will, Vic. <laughs> Sure you will. Uh, how many times have I told someone to fix this desk drawer? The last man you had in here to fix that drawer told you we have to demolish the desk to get it open. You should have taken the three dollars he offered you for it. I've got a pipe in that drawer. You've got other pipes. I know, but somebody gave me this pipe. Did she break it in for you first? Ah. Uh, it won't open, Slate. It never does. Answer the phone. I'll bet it won't open this time either. Hello? Who? Mr. Slate Shannon? He's trying to open a drawer right now. Can I help you? 
Oh, sure. Yes, he's here. Slate. Who is it? The girl with the welt. You'd better talk to her. Yeah. Slate Shannon speaking. Please bring the envelope to me. What? The envelope I gave you. I must have it. What are you talking about? What envelope? When were you fighting? I put an envelope in your pocket. Huh? What'd you do that for? Oh, there's no time, please. You have the envelope. The envelope with the papers in it. Now, wait a minute. I'll see. Uh-uh. I'm sorry. No envelope. I put it there in your coat pocket. Oh, please, it must be there. Oh, why didn't you say coat? Sailor, my coat hanging on a chair over there. That's taken. She sounds that excited, and all she wants from you is your dry cleaning. See, there's an envelope in one of the pockets. All right. There's an envelope here. Thanks. Hello? Yes. Okay, I've I've got your envelope. Uh, what's important about it? Bring it to me, please, please. There's no time. Please bring it to me. Now, just take it easy. Where do I bring it? To Avenue President, number 18, the end of the hall. Well, who do I ask for? For me, Dolores Quito. Oh, please, please hurry. Right away, Dolores. You're going to see Dolores right away? This minute. Help me with my coat, Snake. <laughs> Thanks, doll. So long, suckers. Why, you? <laughs> Come back here, you phony. How long have you been in Havana, sailor? Maybe too long. Why do you stay here, slave? A man like you could have the world on a string with pretty things dangling from it. I've had it. I don't like it. But this you like. The phonies, the beggars, the two-bit tourists that hire out your boat, your hotel, you. Errand boy to a beaten-up girl. That's what fascinates you about Havana. You want to know, huh? No. And I'll tell you. Sometimes I get hungry for something. I don't always know what it is. But Havana comes up with it every time. Now you know. That's what I thought. That's why I didn't want you to tell me. Yeah, here we are, number 18, end of the hall. After you, sailor. Thanks. Please. Now, let's go. They killed him. They killed him. Killed who? My, my husband, Senor Quito. He opened the door of our house to them. They shot him down. Like a street dog he lies there. Yeah. Who did it? I do not know. I did not see them. They ran away through that door in the back. They ran away. They did not show me their faces. Dolores Quito, she lives here? My daughter. Where is she? In the barrio. She told me, do not be afraid, mamacita. I go to the barrio to hide there, she said to me. She should be with me, with her father, not in the barrio. Yes, senor. Let me help you. <laughs> yeah, when you're through helping her, sailor, take this envelope home. Put it in the desk. You can help, too. I am. I'm going to find Dolores for her in the barrio. Thank <laughs> you. 
Dolores Quito, know where she is? You are not needed here, senor. I'll look. Do not try, senor. Dolores Quito is unknown to us. You look for something made in us, senor? Dolores Quito. I am Alicia. You tell me where she is. I am Alicia. But come inside. I will show you there is no one here but Alicia. You are dance with Alicia, sir? Dolores Quito, they told me maybe. No sabe, no sabe, nada. Got a light, mister? Sure. Well, we better get in this doorway out of the rain. Yeah, that'll be good. Here. Hey. Hey, you're the guy. That's right on the one. He's yours, Captain. Yeah. You did good, Captain. Real good. Fine. There's an old proverb to the effect that trifles make perfection. But perfection is no trifle. Certainly the steps taken in the preparation of log, cabin, white bread are not trifles, but they do make for perfection. You see, log, cabin, white bread is made from a special recipe that calls for extra amounts of rich, nourishing ingredients. Ingredients every bit as fine as those you, uh, those you yourself use for your most prized recipes. And log cabin white bread is specially baked, too, in a way that ensures longer-lasting freshness. Yes, log cabin white bread is truly fine bread. Look for it at your market tomorrow in the gay yellow and white wrapper with the log cabin on the front. For bread at its very best, for flavor for freshness, for nourishment. Insist on log cabin white bread. Now back to Bold Venture and our stars Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall and the second act of our story. Shannon, he go to Barrio, the place of danger where the lights are low. A fella, he bang on Mr. Shannon's head. Mr. Shannon, he thinks pavement is new bed. Slade Shannon, he... Don't rub it in, King. Taylor? Uh-huh? Give me that envelope out of my desk. I want to see what's in it that makes me bleed. It's not in the desk. The drawer won't open, remember? I don't care where it is. Just get it. It's in the safe. I'll get it, Lady Sailor. Left 23, right 14. That's so loud, King. Don't get excited, Slate. The only thing in that safe beside the envelope is a necktie. Say, I've never seen you in a necktie. How do you look? Nifty and dapper. Is the envelope, Mr. Slate? Thanks. Yeah, I don't get it. What is it? It's a bill of lading for the steamship Capricorn. Hey, look. It says they're supposed to unload six cases of apple juice in Havana Harbor. Apple juice? What do you mean, apple juice? Apple juice means apple juice. What else does apple juice mean? Well, I don't know, but I'll bet it's the first time in history anybody ever got beat up for apple juice. Mm. I think it's a more clever thing, Sailor. When I come back, you can tell them to me. Put the envelope back in the safe, King. You going out? Sure. The rain stopped, the moon's out, the sea's calm. 
Who knows? I might find me a steamship. You're a pretty girl, Dolores. Girl as pretty as you could go very far in the world. Couldn't she, Vic? Very far. Please. Please take me home. I'm no good to you. No, you're not, baby. Gentle, Vic. Gentle. A girl like Dolores with a nice family and all. A nice port inspector for a father. A man who can forge bills of lading. You should be gentle with a girl like that, Vic. You're right, Captain. Wait till you see how Vic can be with a girl when he puts his heart in it. It'll surprise you, Dolores. Vic? You'd like to go home, wouldn't you, baby? Yes, yes. Sure you would. But you know something? It's going to be lonesome for you. No fun. Oh, you killed it. Uh, just you and your mother. It's hardly enough for a pretty girl like you. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. You know what else, baby? You shouldn't have double-crossed us. You should have given me that bill of lading like a soft little kitten. You shouldn't have run as you saw us coming to your house to ask you for it. Then maybe Daddy could still put his arms around his little girl. You understand how it is, don't you, Dolores? We paid your father for the forgery. You would have given it to us. But you didn't. Now, where is it? I, I do not know. I, I lost it. Oh, she lost it. Yeah, I feel sorry for you, kid. You shouldn't have done that. Uh, the things that can happen to a girl in Havana without a mother to look after her just makes my heart bleed. You wouldn't. Oh, we can arrange it, baby. Easy, real easy. Like time. I gave him to say you shouldn't. He had the bills of ladies. I killed one. You'll ask him, Dolores. All by yourself. You'll go to him and say, Senor Shannon, the captain wants his bills of lading. Take them to him. For your mother, you'll do it. Huh, baby? Yes, yes. Take the pretty girl ashore, Dick. <laughs> I beg your pardon. What can I do for you, miss? I want to see uh, Senor Shannon. He's gone. Where? Where he is, Miss Ware? I don't know. Miss Saylor, she here. Miss Saylor's standing over there under the fan. Maybe she can help you. Thanks. Is your name Saylor? That's right. Hot, isn't it? I'm looking for Senor Shannon. The feeling's mutual. Well, please, I have got to see you. Why? Listen to me. No, you listen to me. About five hours ago, you came in here. And since then, there's been nothing but trouble. Slate gets beaten up. A man gets shot to death. I thought... Well, that's right. I forgot. I'm sorry. If you're truly sorry, you will help me. I didn't say anything about that. I just said I was sorry. Senor Shannon has an envelope. It is mine. I must have it. Now I have to be sorry again. I can't give it to you. You do not understand. Right now, I only have to understand one thing. Slate Shannon is somewhere along the Havana waterfront, looking for whatever he has to find. He's going to find it, and he's going to do what he has to do. I'm not going to take a chance of messing it up. Sorry. No envelope. They will kill me. They will murder again. Oh, no. Nobody's going to hit you. King Moses will see to that. You stay here. Those men, you do not know what they are. Slate does. That's more important. My father, dead. Here, sit down. I'll get you a drink of water. King Moses. Yes, Miss Taylor. Did you ever see a Saturday night like this? <laughs> 
going. Ahoy! Ahoy! Lake Shannon coming alongside in powerboat, full venture. I'll throw your line! Okay, secure. Up the ladder, mister. I'll give you a light. Ah, thanks. Now, where's the captain? You're looking at it. Well, I'm just making a social call, Captain, so you can put your gun away. Think so? It's very interesting. Dick! Don't cry, Shannon. I can kill you now, but I'll enjoy it more later. Is your ship, Cap? Yeah, what do you want? Look what the sea washed up, Dick. Well, what do you know? That's what I like about them, Captain. Every place you turn, there's Shannon to rub noses with. And the Cap does your work for you, huh, Vic? Because you can't handle it alone. Oh, yeah. I remember. You can't. Let's try to dance once more, Shannon. Just you and me. With the cap holding a gun on me, I'm ashamed of you, Vic. You think I'm crazy or something? Maybe you can dance later, boys. All I need now are the bills of lading. Dolores told you to bring them, and you brought them, huh, Shannon? Dolores? Uh Uh-uh. It was my own idea. Fast thinker, huh, Captain? My heart goes out to fast thinkers like him. So it was your own idea, huh? We admire you for it. Now hand them over. Well, I'd uh, sure like to oblige you fellas. You... You admiring me and all, but I can't. You don't say. Like I said, I'd like to help you out, but I got to thinking. I thought to myself, now what is there about six crates of apple juice that's worth a man's life? That's not counting the pistol whipping you gave me, Cap. Then I thought, now this must be a kind of apple juice a man could grow real fond of. The fast thinker wants a cut, Captain. Yeah, how'd you guess? How much? Depends. How much is apple juice bringing these days? Quarter of a million dollars in round figures. Yeah, that's pretty round for apple juice. How much? Well, I'm not greedy. You boys did all the work. Ten grand. You named it. Now the bills of lading. And I told you I haven't got them with me. I sure wish I had, fellas. Where are they? Back at my hotel. Let's see, you're uh, three miles out. It took me 20 minutes to get here. Uh, well, you ought to be back, oh, say, an hour. But you're not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes it tough. Well, what are we going to do, fellas? You'll think of something. Oh. Say, you got a ship to show off on. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we like to say hello to the folks back home. Well, then it's easy. You'll tell us. All i got to do is send a message to the Port Authority to sailor. Uh, uh, that's Mr. Val. You saw her at my place, remember, Vic? I'll never forget her. Yeah. That's all i got to do. Simple, fellas. Simple. But we'll do it for you. You'll word it for us, huh, Shannon? My specialty. Tell her to get the envelope out of my desk drawer, a plain manila envelope, bulky. Tell her to hire a boat and bring the envelope here to me on the Capricorns, because I need it in a hurry. You can fill in your position. You'll tell her that? Uh, just like you said, word for word. Uh, sounds like your girl got here fast, Charlie. Good for our side, huh? It's always been good for us. Getting better for you. Yeah, you don't know what I can do with those 10 Gs. Like what? Oh, I'm going to put in a parquet floor so you can come and dance on it. You really think you're going to see that crummy hotel of yours? You changing your mind about something, Captain? I thought we were buddies. Oh, we're buddies. And I'll see my hotel again. We'll float you past it. You'll be face down. There she is, Captain. Leave her here. Get back on deck, Dick. Hi, fellas. You bring the envelope, sailor? Well, that's what you told me to do, wasn't it? I like a girl who does what she's told. Let's have the envelope. You ask me, Slate. Give it to him. Thanks, Shannon. Put it on the table, young lady. All right. 
Now, both of you get over there against the bulkhead. Thanks. The etiquette when a man with a gun says stand over against the wall is to stand over against the wall. All right, now put your hands behind your neck. Like this? Or like this? It'll come to you. Not buddies anymore, huh? I'll grieve for you. You'll grieve long enough to tell me why you had to kill that old man. Why? All right, I'll tell you. I paid him some money to forge a bill of lading for me so I could get this stuff into port. He sent his daughter down with it. She got cagey. I had to teach her a lesson. What did he promise you, Slate? Ten grand. That would have been nice. Yeah, it would. Let me take a look at this bill of lading. I've been waiting for it so long. I've waited a long time for this piece of paper. A quarter of a million dollars. A quarter of a... Something wrong, Captain? And this paper, it's blank. Blank. Get him, Chase. Yeah. Nice going. Sailor, I could kiss you. I knew when the message said get the envelope out of the desk, something was wrong. The desk drawer doesn't open. I switched papers. Hey, what was that you were saying? You could kiss me. Hey, Captain, I put you. You're all by yourself again, Buster. Come here. That's enough, Slate. What was that you were saying? Oh, I, I said I could kiss you. I lost my head. It couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall will return in just a moment. For the meal with the family or society, log cabin cracked, we did give variety. Made with your honey and a crackle crust. Cracked wheat all through, it is so glorious. For sandwiches so popular with every guest. Log cabin cracked wheat is the bread that's best. Yes, for mealtime variety, choose log cabin variety bread. This week's feature, log cabin cracked wheat, is a real lunchbox lunchtime favorite. Crisp flakes of cracked wheat, pure golden honey, make it the finest sandwich combination ever. Just try Log Cabin Cracked Wheat with roast beef, pork, or cheese. Mighty good toasted, too. Look for this week's special display at your market tomorrow. Log Cabin Cracked Wheat Bread. Slate. Slate. Uh-huh. It's raining again. Yeah. No customers. Uh-huh. For two bits, I close up the place and take the boat out to the point. I like to see the surf pounding in. Would you take me along? I'd consider it. You've got your two bits, Blake. I said, you've got your two bits. Yeah, I sure worked hard for it. I'm tired. Man's got to relax. Let's go, sailor. And so our two stars, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, have brought to a close our latest Bold Venture story. Special music was composed and conducted by David Rose. May we invite you to listen again next week at this time for another exciting adventure starring... Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, together in Bold Venture.
Until next Thursday evening at 6.30, when the bakers of fine log cabin white and variety breads again bring you Bold Venture. This is George Barkley inviting you to remember... Stay tuned for the Jack Benny Show next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Rochester and the gang to show up on the Jack Benny Show. The Great Nuts and Great Nuts Flakes program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, and yours truly, Don Wilson. town and leave word to be called in the morning, and the operator says, uh, 7.30, time to get up. Well, 10 to 1, you just yawn and feel sort of grumpy. But if that operator said, 7.30, time for a delicious grape nuts breakfast, well, I bet you'd jump out of bed with a grin. Yes, sir, crisp, crunchy grape nuts or toasty brown grape nuts flakes make a mighty cheerful start for any morning. For both grape nuts and grape nuts flakes have a malty, rich, sweet as a nut flavor that sure hits the old spot. And both bring you important whole grain nourishment. Iron, niacin, vitamin B1, plus protein. The kind of nourishment nutrition experts say you need as a part of your adequate breakfast every day. So eat a good breakfast, do a better job. And for good cheer and good nourishment, feature malty-rich grape nuts or grape nut flakes to swell breakfast treats. Jack Benny's troop has been away for five weeks during service camps throughout the Pacific Northwest. Jack arrived home late last night and went straight to bed. It's now morning and Rochester is entering his bedroom to awaken him. Come on, come on, Bertie. You have to get off of Mr. Benny's head. I gotta wake him up now. Oh, oh, oh. 
Rochester? When I get in the arms of Morpheus, old Morph sure holds on. <laughs> Say, I'm pretty sharp this morning, eh? Eh, right? Yeah. You not only talk in your sleep, you hear in it. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Uh, nothing. Say it's after nine o'clock and your gang will be here pretty soon for rehearsal. Yeah, stand back, Rochester. I want to do my exercises. One, two, three, four. Bend down and touch the floor. One, two, three, four. Up again and down some more. One, two, three. Rochester, pick up my toupee. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Did you pick up my toupee? One, two, three, four. Caught it before it hit the floor. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Tomorrow I'll do a little more. One. Gee, boss, you're doing your exercise much better these days. You touch the floor every time you bend. Yeah. Now help me up off my knees. <laughs> Thanks. Now, Rochester, I'll take my shower and you go down and make breakfast. I call a swell breakfast, Rochester. I know, Mr. Benny, and I admire your loyalty to your sponsor, but don't you think that sometimes you go a little too far? What do you mean? Well, after all, for soft boiled grape nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Rochester, they're good any way you fix them. They're toasty brown, they're malty rich, they're sweet as a nut, they're a whole grain cereal, and they're a basic seven food. And they're all... Boy, stop reading off the box and talk to me. <laughs> Rochester, I'm merely trying to show you that you need a whole grain cereal every day, and you should eat them. Oh, boss, I do. I do. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> glad because, uh... I'll answer the door, Rochester. You straighten up the kitchen. Uh, if you wish, I'll answer the door and you can... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it my way. Today. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. Hiya, Jackson. Well, Phil, hey, rehearsal isn't for an hour yet. What are you doing here so early? Well, I just couldn't wait. I had to tell you. Tell me what. Well, you remember when we were in Victoria, Canada, and all the newspapers printed stories that me and Alice had another baby? Yeah, what about it? Well, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Come on in the house. And say, Jackson, my new baby is the cutest thing you ever laid eyes on. Yeah? Does she look like you, Phil? Yeah. Guys, she's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can understand that, Phil. After all, you're such an Adonis. Ain't I, though? Hmm. But you know what surprised me most of all, Jackson? What? Little babies are so young. Yeah, especially the young ones. <laughs> and my kid is so tiny. Of course, all babies are tiny when they're first born. How about Don Wilson? <laughs> Look, Phil, Wilson wasn't born. He was assembled at Lockheed. <laughs> Speaking of the flying fortress, here he comes in for a landing. Wilson is the only guy I know that comes in on the beam and brings the beam with him. <laughs> Hello, Don. Oh, hello, Jack. Am I time for rehearsal? Oh, sure. Mary isn't here yet. Say, fellas, while we're waiting, uh, would you like a cup of coffee? Yeah, I don't mind. Oh, thanks, Jack. I'll have a cup. Oh, Rochester. Yes, boss? Uh, Rochester, coffee for Mr. Wilson and Mr. Harris. Okay. Sugar and cream, gentlemen? Yes, yes thank, thank you. you. 
Uh, sit right down here, fellas. Would you like some toast with your coffee? No, no thanks. Uh, wheat rolls or donuts? No, no thanks. thanks. <laughs> oh, Rochester, turn on the radio. Would you like some music, fellas? No, oh, it doesn't make any difference. Oh, yes, it does. With music, there's a 30% entertainment tax. <laughs> Rochester, that's not my fault. It's a government regulation. Now, turn on the radio and let's have some music. And as our Melody Express rambles southward and approaches New Orleans, our quartet, Hilo, Jack, and Shapiro, will entertain you with... Pretty good quartet. Yeah, I wonder what program that is. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, when you wake up in the morning, do you feel tired, worn out, dull, listless, and logy? You do? Well, don't expect any sympathy from me. I'm a louse. <laughs> but you can get sympathy from my sponsor, the makers of Sympathy Soothing Syrup. Remember, folks, sympathy, spelled backwards, is yatapapus. <laughs> So, folks, if you can't remember sympathy, just think of Yatapamus. Y H T A P M Y S. Turn off the radio, Rochester. Yatapamus. I'll have to try some of that. Oh, hello, Mary. Hello, Sally. Hi, Mary. Mary. How are you? Mary, how'd you get in the house? The door is open. Am I late for rehearsal? No, we've got plenty of time. I overslept. Rochester, get Miss Livingston a cup of coffee. Yes, sir. No cream, no sugar, no radio. <laughs> okay, okay. Say, Mary, how do you feel after our long trip? Oh, fine, Don. And say, fellas, I must tell you something. I had the wildest dream last night. <laughs> What was it, Mary? Well, I dreamt we were all flying back from Seattle and Jack was the pilot. Me? Yeah. And right in the middle of the trip, when we were 15,000 feet in the air, you stopped the plane, turned to me and said, Mary, either kiss me or get out and walk. Really? Yeah. And if it wasn't a dream, I'd have broken my neck. <laughs> what a silly dream. Me, a pilot, trying to force you to kiss me. And that's not all. When I stepped out of the plane, I kept falling, falling, and falling. And just as I was about to hit the ground, another plane came along, and I dropped right into it. Gee. And guess who the pilot was? Who? You again. 
Me? So I jumped out and fell right into a wagon load of fish. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you look so funny lying there with your mouth wide open. <laughs> are making up the whole thing. I am not. Come on, Jackson. Let's get started with our rehearsal. We're going to be late for the broadcast. Okay, wait till I get the script. Oh, say, Jack, before we start, I want to call home. My trunk is supposed to arrive today, and I forgot to tell Butterfly about it. Okay. Operator. Oh, operator, get me Crestview 6, 7071. Oh, no, you don't. What? You heard me. Now, look here, operator. Will you please... Oh, I forgot, Mary. Mary, give me the phone. Hello, operator. Yes? This is J.B., OK, one local. Uh, put it, uh, put it through. Yes, Mr. Betty, and welcome home. Thank you, thank you. Here you are, Mary. You're getting your number. Okay. Hello, Jerome? Butterfly, this is Miss Livingston. Oh, I'm sorry. I was hoping it was my boyfriend, Jerome. You know the soldier. Yes, I know. Now, Butterfly, a man's going to deliver my trunk, and I want you to pay for it because I had it sent C.O.D. How do you pronounce that name? <laughs> Butterfly, C.O.D. is not a name. It means cash on delivery. Like O.P.A. means Office of Price Administration. And F.B.I. means Federal Bureau of Investigation. My goodness. You have to go through all that just to get a trunk? <laughs> no, no, Butterfly. I was just giving you an example of what certain groups of letters mean. Well, Miss Livingston, the only letters I know are A-W-O-L. <laughs> well, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You know what A-W-O-L means. Yes, ma'am. Well, what does it mean? Jerome is in town. <laughs> Let's forget about Jerome for a minute. I guess I'll have to forget about him. He came in town last week and went out with another girl. Oh, that's too bad. I wouldn't mind if she was half as pretty as I am. Oh. But I'm not half as pretty as he is. <laughs> well, don't worry, Butterfly. Jerome will come back to you. Do you really think so? Well, certainly. Maybe Jerome isn't himself right now. You see, Butterfly, everybody has two sides, the good side and the bad side. And once in a while, the good side weakens a little and the bad side predominates. You know what I mean? I think I do, Miss Livingston. When Jerome brings me a box of candy, it's his good side that wins. That's right. But before I even get a chance to taste it, his bad side predominates the whole box. <laughs> Butterfly, Jerome has two sides. Yes. Half wolf and half cheese. <laughs> <laughs> well, something like that. Now, goodbye, Butterfly. Don't forget to pay for the truck. I won't. Goodbye, Miss Livingston. Well, you know how to handle her. I certainly got to hand it to you, Mary, giving Butterfly all that hooey about the good side and the bad side. Well, that's not hooey, Jack. Mary's right, Jack. Everybody has two sides. Don, you've got four sides, but that doesn't prove anything. <laughs> two sides. Well, now, this is just what I mean, Jack. You know, everybody has a split personality. It's called, uh, 
schizophrenia. Schizophrenia? Yes. It's, Is it uh, like you tap on this? <laughs> no, uh, schizophrenia, it's, it's, well, it's that little man inside of all of us that subconsciously governs everything we do. So you see, Jack, everybody is really two persons. Oh, I don't believe that stuff. He's right, Jackson. Even you have a dull personality. <laughs> that duo, duo. <laughs> Maybe you believe in that, Phil, but not me. Well, certainly I believe in it. I got two sides to me, too. Oh, fine. There's one side to me that everybody knows. Harris, the show-off, the guy that loves himself, the guy that always wants to be in the limelight. That side I know. Now, what... what... <laughs> What's the other side? Harris, the genius. <laughs> a fine genius. You're the only guy I know who sent flowers to Flat Top Funeral. <laughs> Besides one girl in the time. <laughs> now, let's cut out this silly talk about people having two sides and get started with our rehearsal. Jack, it's not silly talk. Even you have two sides. Oh, what do you mean? Well, generally, you're a nice fellow. But on the other hand, look at the way you treat Rochester. I never saw anybody get so much out of a butler for so little. Mary, are you suggesting that I overwork Rochester and underpay him? That's what she said. That's what the lady said. She said that. <laughs> Rochester, this doesn't concern you. Now, come on, kid. Let's cut out all this gab about two sides and get started with the rehearsal. First thing you know, we'll be late for the... Come in. Yes? Remember me? <laughs> I'm Herman Peabody, the insurance salesman. Oh, hello, Herman! Hello, Herman. We just started to rehearse our program for this afternoon. We're awfully busy, so better you, maybe you better come back some other time. Huh? All right. Don't need any insurance, do you? <laughs> Not right now. We'll, we'll talk about it the next time you come around. All right. Now, fellas, at the start of the program, right after Don introduces me... You know, you have a lot of funny experiences in the insurance business. Uh, I don't doubt it, Herman. I don't doubt it. But, but right now... Last week, a man wanted no. some life insurance, and by mistake, I sent him an automobile policy... Well, then, instead of being here, Herman, why aren't you out rectifying the mistake? Too late. The man died. <laughs> well, that's a fine how do you do. How do you do? <laughs> I don't mean that. Look, I'm... <laughs> Herman, I'm thinking of the man's wife. Now, her husband wanted some life insurance. You gave him a policy for an automobile. The company wouldn't pay off on a thing like that. Oh, they wouldn't at first, but I fixed it. What do you mean? I told the company he died of a rusty transmission. <laughs> you mean to say the company paid off? More than that. They offered to send his wife a new body, but she wouldn't take it. Oh, well, look, Herman, I told you I'm busy right now. Look, we got to rehearse, so come back some other time, will you? All right. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Come here, Herman. I want to ask you something. Yeah? Uh, you're a mild-mannered man, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, every day you do exactly the same things, don't you? Uh-huh. I mean, you never lose your temper, do you, Herman? Oh, no. There you are, Mary, and you too, Don. Your whole theory of dual personalities exploded. You can go now, Herman. Would you like to hear about my other side? 
There's another side of me that's a mean, conniving, bloodthirsty monster. <laughs> bloodthirsty monster? Did you ever hear of Dracula? Yes. Good stuff. <laughs> now look, Herman, Herman... Um, you can go now. We have work to do. Okay, I'm going outside and frighten people. Boom! Don. Don, pick him up and let's go on with the rehearsal. All this silly business about two sides. Hey, Jackson, it's getting pretty late. Maybe we ought to go over to the studio. Okay, let's do that. Come on, Mary, I'll drive you over. <laughs> talk about split personalities and two sides. It's ridiculous. All right, Jack. You don't believe it. Forget about it. Let's get to the studio. Hmm. Two sides. Jack! Jack, I fold your arms and put it back on the wheel. Don't worry. My, my other side is driving. My other side is driving. Be careful, too, you know. Oh, uh, don't be so sarcastic. Well, what are you stopping here for? I'm going into the cigar store. I'll be right out. Split personality. Little man inside here. What fun. Well, sir, what can I do for you? Uh, I'd like a cigar, please. Yes, sir. What kind? Oh, I don't know. I see you haven't got the kind I smoke. I just want something mild. Well, here's a nice mild cigar for a quarter. A quarter, eh? And here's one a little stronger for ten cents. I see. Gee, I don't know which one to get. This one's a quarter... And that one's ten cents, eh? Yes, sir. Well, I don't know. I like the looks of that quarter one. And yet... You know which cigar you're going to take, Jack, Jimmy. What? You're going to take the ten cent one. You all. Yes, but the, the quarter cigar is, is milder, and it's, it's much better for my throat. A lot you care about your throat. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, take a ten-cent one, and let's get going. No. No, I won't take it. I want the quarter one, do you hear? I want that quarter cigar. I know you want the quarter cigar. But remember, Jack Benny, Buy the one for a dime, you save 15 cents. 15 cents, 15 cents, 15 cents, and that ain't hay. 15 cents, and that ain't hay. 15 cents. Stop it! Stop it! I don't care about the money. I don't care what I say. I want the mild one. Hey, mister, give me that quarter cigar. Yes, sir. Cigar costs a quarter. Two dimes and a nickel. Twenty 
please. Make up your mind, will you? Which cigar do you want? Take it easy. I'm in conference. <laughs> oh, I don't know what to do. I want the quarter one. And yet... You know what you're going to do, Jack Benny. You never smoked a quarter cigar in your life, did you? Did you? Yes. Yes, I did. Not a new one. <laughs> it was a new one. What about that time Phil Harris threw a birthday party for me? I smoked three of them right in a row. Phil gave you those cigars. He did not. He did, too. You're a miter, you're a miter, you're a miter, you're a miter. Throw myself to throw myself to throw myself to throw myself to Which cigar you want? There's another customer waiting. Yes, I'd like to buy a pipe, please. Well, I only have two kinds. Here's one that sells for $8, and this one's $15. i will take the $15 pipe. Here you are. Thank you very much. And now what about you, Sporty? <laughs> what? Have you made up your mind yet? You know, I close at midnight. Well, look. <laughs> Clerk, give me, give me just another minute. I'll decide. 25 or 10 cents, 25 or 10 cents, 25 or 10 cents, 25 or 10 cents. Oh, boy, stop! Stop, I'll go mad, I tell you. Mad, mad! Do you hear me? Mad! He's not as good as Paul Lucas, not as good as Paul Lucas, not as good as Paul Lucas, not as good as Paul Lucas. How does that get in there? Say, first. Look, I made up my mind. Give me that quarter cigar. No, Jack. You want the ten. The quarter one. The ten cent one. The quarter one. The ten cent one. All right. All right. Give me the ten cent one. I'll take it. I'll take it. I knew this would happen to me. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> hey, you know, Mary? What? I was just thinking. You know, there might be something to that split personality thing after all. Maybe there is such a thing as a person having two sides. Oh, you believe it now, eh? What happened in the cigar store? Oh, nothing. Nothing. Can't solve mysteries. Mysteries? Well, uh, Herman, I, I might. What is it? Well, it's my wife. She won't talk to me in the morning. In the morning, you say? Yeah. At breakfast, she just sits. At breakfast, you say? Yeah, she just sits. Why, and... Herman, you should cheer her up with grape nuts. Oh, did you say crispy, crunchy, molly rich grape nuts? Yes. I mean, no, no. I, I was going to. And delicious grape nuts bring you all around whole grain. Grape nuts bring you whole grain nourishment, the kind you need every day. Iron, niacin, extra vitamin B1. 
Did you say that? Well, I was just coming to that. Grape nuts make a grand basic breakfast dish, and everybody should and eat everybody should eat a good breakfast to a better job. Did you say that? Well, I was going to say it, Herman. And grape nuts are as well thrifty. They're thrifty, boy, in a big little 12-ounce package. Now, listen, Herman. I want you to solve a mystery for me. If you know all about delicious, malty-rich grape nuts, why don't you see that your wife eats them for breakfast? Why, she does, Mr. Wilson. That's just the trouble. She's so busy enjoying her grape nuts, she won't talk to me. Oh, I see. Well, Herman, there's no mystery about that. Goodbye, now. Well, folks, this concludes another half hour. We'll be with you next Sunday night at the same time. Say, Mary, what'd you think of the show? Pretty good. I wish my mother had heard it. Why, doesn't she listen to our program? Yeah, but she always tunes out early. How early? About November. <laughs> oh, well, then maybe she missed it. I know. Good night, folks. Hey, thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's The Lives of Harry Lime, followed by The Aldridge Family. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.